Welcome to Happiness 2.02 podcast. I'm your host, John Tuckums, founder, author, World Government Summit participant, and Forbes featured TEDx speaker, an inquisitive human who loves root knowledge. Happiness 2.02 is a mental health show for entrepreneurs that provides the full human cognition and the full breathing oxygen tools to rapidly shift states of mind and increase energy. Podcast guests include organization founders, world-renowned executives, MDs, PhDs, and remarkable leaders who have incredible stories and are helping billions of people to find their happiness oxygen. You're listening to Happiness 2.02. This is your host, John Tuckums. You're listening to episode two with Louis Gallardo. Louis is a featured keynote speaker, founder of World Happiness Fest, and a best-selling author. While you're listening to this podcast, if anything stands out to you as thought-provoking or remarkable, take a screenshot and write down what you've heard from Lewis. Post the insight on social media, text the idea to a friend, or email what you've learned to a family member. Get this information out there. Without further ado, episode two of Happiness 2.02 podcast with Louis Gallardo. Louis, time is a finite resource. Underline that everything you do across your life, your books, your happiness initiatives, your speaking engagements, why do you do what you do? Ultimately, what drives you at your core? Yeah, John, this is a great question. Um, and I feel it, I've been exploring this answer many, 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 many times. And I think that right now I feel that I know where I want to be. And it's just basically at the convergence, is the intersection of freedom, consciousness, and happiness. I think that we need more peace in the world, but we need to achieve it through means. And for me, those means are a freedom, consciousness, and happiness. When when we can be free or we can feel that we are free, more conscious, and happier, that those become enablers uh, for peace. I think that that's probably the ultimate reason why I'm doing everything I'm doing. And when did you, if you don't mind me asking further, when did you come to this realization? It sounds like you've been working on various aspects uh, across uh, your life. um, And, but it seems now things are coming to a head, so to speak, where um, everything's kind of gelling together. Uh, Was there a moment in time uh, recently, last year, two years, where you really felt like you've, you've, you know, those core ideas, which um, are often disparate and, they're now coming together. Yeah, you know, at, at some point, life is, um, is, is all about experiences. It's all about um, realizing why you're living those experiences. And I think a few years ago, I realized that um, my life had been a combination of uh, diplomacy. I, w- I work um with the uh, United Nations as, as, as an international observer in post-conflicts, uh, uh, basically bringing democracy to different countries in Europe. Yep. And when I was there, I realized that hate and fear, the combination of hate and fear, was really um, the main reason for so much uh, pain in the world. And actually, when you look at what's going on today, you can see that the combination of hate and fear with this frustration that so many people feel is, is really, really uh, the, the, the essence and, 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 and the beginning of so many things going on in the world. So I think that when you realize what, uh, what diplomacy uh, can do in the world, you realize that ultimately is, is to get uh, into peace and not just 
um, global peace. And this is why I'm so happy now in the space I am, because it's about inner peace. We cannot get into any global peace of the whatever peace that we can we can think of between nations, between neighbors, between countries, because if we cannot get the peace inside us. So I think that that's why ultimately, when I realized that I've been training in the corporate world, I've been training diplomacy, I've been training in entrepreneurship, actually building my own initiatives. Now I'm in that sweet spot where I can connect different dots and say, okay, this is the moment where I can probably bring the most value to the society. Mm. Uh, thank you for sharing. And in terms of your past, um, you, you talked about peace and inner peace. Uh, was there a period of time that uh, really started off this journey where you had adversity uh, that you can think of that you can share with the audience that, uh, you know, life has its ups and downs. And it was, you know, it was kind of a turning point in your life to, and this might be, you know, five, 10 years ago in terms of your journey, which really start, started you on this path, which now has culminated. Uh, could you share a little bit more of kind of about, uh, you know, your, your, your past and kind of the, the origins of, of, uh, of your story? Sure. I am, my family, my parents are entrepreneurs. So I've seen how mm. uh, things are built from nothing, from the beginning. And when you are an entrepreneur, you know that there is not a one single day that is is the same. Every every day things happen. Uh, from a very early age, I was helping my parents to build their own business, and we went through a lot of of issues. Uh, um, I mean, building a business with no much funding is normally an issue from the beginning. So mm-hmm. I know what it is to build without getting the the right funding, however doing it. And that I think that that has been a really important element of my life, which is if you really want to do something, you have to start doing it. And you don't have to wait for 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 many things to be aligned. You just have to start moving. And I think that actually now when I think about it, that has been a really important element for me in my whole life from very early stage, yeah, I was I was really doing things in order to to get uh, into spaces that were very very much unknown, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually didn't mind going into the unknown, uh, and but that creates a lot of frustration in many ways, and that creates a lot of anxiety in many ways. So I think that that's something that probably determines in many ways why now. I, I can I can get into the space of uncertainty with uh, well equipped because my whole life has been building things without actually knowing what the output was going to be. Yeah, so that that journey, if I encapsulate it correctly, is you know there's uh, periods of time either working for your parents or you know even starting your own initiatives where you're trying to figure things out, but it's that that calmness and finding that peace is part of that, even though there's might be chaos around you, but to find place and I like what you said too as well it's you know, when you see that you still can get started you start taking those actions early on and imagine that over the years that built up a tremendous amount of resilience uh, was it some of your earlier roles like as an entrepreneur tour uh, as, as well uh, that uh, really contributed to because uh, if you're helping your family members you're doing a share but when you started taking the reins yourself was that an important kind of transition too yeah absolutely actually my first uh, job was my own business 
and I was probably no more than uh, 16, 17. And I was advising, in that case, uh, to create a concerts and, and, and I became a humble coach as well. Um, so I think all my life is, is being really entrepreneurial. But for those out there who know and who are entrepreneurs, I think this is, this is critical. We know, we know what it means because it feels that you are always managing chaos. It's always managing, okay, what's going to happen tomorrow? Is it going to be uh, about the office? Is it going to be about the client? Is it going to be about the product? Something always is uncert- uncertain. And what you said, that brings you a lot of greed and a lot of resilience. And I, and at some point, uh, I think that that's a fundamental part in order to to keep moving when when things don't go the way the way you want. And I think that combined with a willing to become a diplomat and then going into war zones and seeing mm. what happens when people get really angry and they kind of funnel their energy into um, courage and they get, that basically gets stuck into frustration, I think that uh, that combination really opened my eyes and say, okay, what can we do from a social entrepreneurship point of view in order to avoid all these hate and fear to escalate into points where people cannot, cannot really manage? Yeah, absolutely tremendous. Thank you for sharing that. So in the backdrop of that, uh, you're building grit and resilience. There's chaos around you. What are some of the things that uh, you do to get to kind of peak states or flow states, uh, really to, to, you know, to center yourself, uh, to, to be, so to speak, uh, but, uh, you know, get down to the, the depth of you, so to speak? Yeah, I think that right now, uh, I mean, 40 years ago, um, I wasn't into these contemplative meditation states uh, that now are part of my life before... Yeah. It was more, we call this actually because I've been in sports from very early uh, stage, uh, early age, I was playing handball um, uh, professionally. Uh, wow. uh, in sports, you call this visualization. So yeah. I think that when you visualize, um, it's completely different, but something, something that you really take care of is, is your breath. So I think that focus, breathing, and visualization have been part of my life all the time. It's like, okay, you, we really want to win this game. How are we, not, how are we going to do it? Um, what is going to be your personal goal? What is going to be the team goal? How are we going to relax when we are um, facing anxiety? So I think when you are in sport, you really get a lot of training on focus. And you get a lot of training on, okay, it's another game. And you can, you can miss one point, uh, but you have another one. Uh, you, can, you can actually lose a match, but you have another one. So actually, is, is, this is not like you only have one shot. No, you have many shots. Mm-hmm. And every other weekend, uh, every other day you, you, you train, and every weekend you have, you have another, another match or another game. So that gives you a lot of perspective as well because you just say, okay, this is not about losing or winning. This is about uh, playing and doing your best. And in order to get there, you need the right techniques and the right tools. And as part of those tools, you know that 
you have to be aware, you know that you have your breathing, you know you have your focus, you can visualize, and then you can ground yourself. And now that I look back, I realize that actually now that you get into contemplation, meditation, and you get into uh, going deeper into your essence, it's all about silence, and it's all about breathing, and it's all about uh, getting to higher states because you are able to calm your thoughts and your mind, and you're able to connect your inner core. So I think that, that that's been part of my life, uh, thanks to sports. And how would you describe those states for yourself? Um, and, you know, when you're, is it the breathing or is it just, you know, sometimes it's hard to put into words, but if you can share with the audience, when you're in those peak flow states, that highly connected, the, the essence states, you know, how does that feel to you, you know, in terms of breathing, in terms of, thoughts that may have been entered your mind previously. Uh, If you could describe a little bit around that experience for yourself. Yeah, in in this case, for me, when I get into peak states, I I am really, really calm, super Mm. calm. And I I become an an observer. So suddenly I realize that all this is going on. Something that I love as well and got me into several issues is sailing. Um, oh, okay. So I'm a I'm, I'm a captain, uh, and I like sailing in multiple conditions. Yeah. So we were in this uh, really dangerous storm, uh, very close to the rocks on this island, and the lighting was incredible because it was, it was a really dark night with no moon, but the lighting was showing us the rocks, and I still remember at that moment. I became an observer. I still remember that I realized that I was seeing myself sailing this boat. uh, And at the same time, I was seeing the lighting and the sails and basically all the crew. And I had a kind of 360 of what was going on. Mm. Um, And that was a big moment because instead of getting anxious, I got super relaxed. Uh, And that, basically brought me into seeing uh, what possibilities we had. Um, so I think that's a big state uh, in many ways. And I realized that uh, you get that when you really get focused. So I love, I, I love that feeling of being focused. Be- and I realized that I'm super focused when I become an, um, when I become an observer. Yeah. Uh, and I realized that I can observe around what's going on. So that space, that experience or, you know, a series of experiences where you recognize that you went to, I loved how you described it in terms of 360 view, heightened, heightened state, uh, super observer. Uh, you recognize that you can do it at, at that point in time going forward. Like, I know I can, it's, it's possible. And now how can I incorporate that as part of my life uh, so I can go deeper inside myself and, um, you know, to apply across the initiatives across your life. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Lewis, could you share with us uh, some of the small things that you do to maintain happiness or well-being uh, in your personal life as part of a, a daily or weekly ritual? It could be uh, going for a walk. I know you talked about sailing. Uh, some of the smaller things that you do. Uh, sure. I I think that it's, uh, for me it's very important to uh, to do meditation. So, and in this case, I, I change that every day. Sometimes it's just breathing. Sometimes it's uh, 
is actually more, maybe an hour or maybe just a minute, but something that actually comes me and rounds me into, okay, this is who I am. And, and I like to set intentions and it's like, okay, mm. I'm meditating because of this reason. Um, so meditation is definitely one and, and it could be just a minute. Something I love uh, when I live by, by the ocean is to do the meditation under, underwater. So it's no more than 45 seconds, but super, super deep. Uh, and it's all underwater. It's like in that moment, you just get yourself with the, with, with the silence of being diving. So I love mm-hmm. that. Um, and then I think that eating is, is very important. Eating prana, what Hinduism comes energy in food and that comes mostly from vegetable so i think that that's very important the whole uh, diet uh, and, and and choosing very well what you eat uh, that's that's very important and then i love i, I love playing uh, playing with my kids playing with the with the dog mm. <laughs> that was a run and um, playing playing in general with things uh, and something that i i like a lot is reading Things that are that bring me joy, so things that ah. are, are really something that um, that, that that provoke my imagination. But uh, feeling feeling uh, the feeling of joy is like okay, is bringing joy because it's bringing hope. So I think yep. that I like that a lot. And then of course being surrounded by good people and with people with a good vibration that's super important. Yeah, well, thank you tremendously for sharing this. Um, uh, so, you know, amazing things that uh, people can apply in their life. And I love your, as you described too, for, for the meditation that you actually have intention going into it. Um, you know, you know, so you're, you're, you're kind of set in that space and uh, you know, that's absolutely amazing. Uh, can you tell us more about some of the projects that you're working on? I understand that uh, I have a tremendous book. Uh, can you share the, with the audience the, the title of the book and tell us more about it? Yes. Um my last book, uh, it was published a few weeks ago, is, is called The Reaching Exponential Happiness for All the Exponentials of Happiness. And it's, it's really uh, tapping into three mega trends that are mm-hmm. allowing us to understand what's really going on in the world. One is about quantum mechanics. The other one is system dynamics. And the third one is definitely uh, exponential technologies. So I think that the perspective that we are getting thanks to a quantum and thanks to system dynamics is so important. Basically, the key message is everything is interconnected. We have to understand what are the interconnections. Uh, from a quantum point of view, we understand that the observers change reality. Uh, so just by being an observer, we can change the reality. And the third one is understanding, and we see that Right now, with all this COVID and all this butterfly effect of protests going on in the world after COVID, um, we know that uh, things can become exponential from one day to the other. It's like, at some point, I like this allegory, the story of bamboo. The bamboo, Mm. uh, I don't know you you know the, the story, but it takes seven years to move from a seed to... Uh, to basically the bamboo as we know it. But it, for seven years, you don't see any growth. You don't see anything. You just see the seed. And suddenly when it gets to the year number seven, 
then you have the the whole bamboo growing in in questions of in questions of days. So I think this is the what we can learn from exponentiality is that at some point we can get into a double a, a of things every other minute and that gets into the infinite in many ways. So I think that this this is something that is bringing us a language where we understand that things are not input outputs is part of the system. We understand that observers change reality and we understand that things can change very, very quickly. And that's part of the essence of, of the book. So if that's the case, what I bring is a positive angle. It's like, okay, COVID and, and coronavirus can go viral and can grow exponentially, same as happiness, same mm. as consciousness and freedom. So how do we do this? And what are the levers and what are the activators that we have to use in order to get into exponential happiness? And uh, uh, Lewis, where you talked about that seed analogy, um, and certainly I, I, you know, I strongly believe that the seed has been planted already in the past, but where do you think we are in that journey at this stage of kind of realizing you know, that big push in terms of you know, the bamboo shoot you know, taking off? Uh, can you share with, with us uh, some insights related to that? Yeah, I think as a human species, we are definitely into an evolutionary stage that is evolving every single day. I think that um, I like a lot David Hawkins and the mapping of uh, of consciousness that he does. Uh, and by the way, this is something that I don't know how is possible that people don't really know and they don't have that map uh, very close to them because they give you mm. so much perspective on what consciousness is. Um, and basically the main conclusion from David Hawkins is that no more than um, uh, 20% of people are above a, a frequency. He basically has a scale from zero to 1,000. Um, uh, basically no more than 20% are above 200 uh, points of on this scale. That's very, very low in the sense that um, basically... Is, is, is one-fifth of the whole scale. Well, 80% of population are below 200. Um, few people are above 500, 600. I mean, few people is probably no, no more than 1,000 people around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is interesting because, um, uh, however, what we see is that more and more people are going above this 200 level. Uh, uh-huh. And it nice. takes and it takes consciousness. <laughs> it takes actually being really willing to increase your level of consciousness. And the only way to do it is to get into the subconscious. And and you're an expert on that. How do we get into the deep subconscious? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is great timing because now we are getting closer to knowing more about deep deep subconscious. Uh, and that's the that's the actually the, the the right way to go. So I think that we are in the perfect moment. I think that we are we have enough chaos everywhere in the world for people to actually uh, be more awakened than uh, than any time in history. And we have all the resources, we have all the technologies needed in order to really move forward as society in an, in an exponential way. So I would I am very optimistic about. What we are living now. 
And how is this knowledge that you've uh, you've captured in the book, how are you applying it across other initiatives? I understand that you're, you're working with the United Nations. It sounds that uh, you know, your, you know, your work has really, really come to a head. And now you can apply this knowledge that uh, you've, you've pulled together, you know, and in the manifestation of a book uh, and, and apply it to, you know, big initiatives that you're working on. Uh, can you share a little bit more about uh, how you're using this knowledge in the book uh, in the, the real world settings? Sure. Um, and thank you for that question. Uh, I think in this case, as we believe that observers change reality, we believe that everything is in connect- interconnected and we believe that um, uh, things can grow quickly. Mm. What is very important is to understand the nodes, is basically where are the interconnections. And that's why uh, in this case, uh, what we have is a, is, a, is a great platform, which is the World Happiness Fest, which is a forum where we bring together uh, experts, activists, thought provokers from all over the world and we make connections. So we can make connections between a biologist and a nurse, between a psychologist and a mystic, between a teacher and an anthropologist. So it's interesting to to bring all these people together because you see that you can make so many interconnections and people really, really learn and the people can really reapply this in in the daily lives. So we are building this uh, community around the world. We already have 80 uh, cities interconnected. Uh, We have uh, events, webinars going on every week. Um, And then we have programs, very, very unique programs. And one of them is is with the United Nations Mm, uh, University for Peace in Costa Rica, uh, Gross Global Happiness, and is really becoming the place to go for entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs who want to take this uh, job of changing the world uh, for good in in a professional way. So we really train entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs, uh, teachers and government officials around what are the roots and what are the pillars uh, for uh, growth global happiness. Uh, And we have a program where we focus on the inner being but as well as the outer world and how we can impact the outer world by the inner being. So it's a collection of frameworks. I mean, the province is a collection of frameworks, of exercise tools, and a lot of sharing because there are many experts coming and sharing Mm -hmm. what they do. So so this is another way where we can, I I, I think I can bring all my uh, knowledge and the knowledge of the team into fruition by in this case, uh, scaling up and building capabilities and helping to elevate too many individuals and institutions that want to go into another level, into the positive impact. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a, a tremendous uh, experience and location and, and networking too as well, really about um, perhaps, uh, don't want to put words into your mouth, but really elevating consciousness. You know, within the individuals, in addition to the organizations that they're representing, because you know, that energy that uh, they're building inside themselves, you know, translates to all the initiatives that these individuals are working on. Is that correct? Yes, uh, and and it's very interesting because we love to bring mystics as well as scientists as practitioners, ah, yep. and it's very interesting because when you listen to a mystic, they are not going to question at all 
your subconscious because for them, that's part of mysticism. That's part of spirituality. Scientists is going to question it because they have to see the, the facts. But the mystic is not. So actually when you are exposed to both, then you can take your own decisions. But right now we see that there are institutes out there that are actually combining both. And at the same time, you know when you are a practitioner, when you are a medical doctor, when you are a psychologist, when you are a teacher, that emotions are intrinsic to performance. But because there is, there are not enough, there is not enough measure, it's not easy to prove what is the real impact. So this is a part. Of, this is part of the dialogue that we that we always bring to the table. It's like. Things might be black, might be white, might be yellow, but what is the connection between black and yellow? And what is the connection between black and white? Is there a connection? What is it? And is it energy? It, is it, it goes beyond energy? It goes into subconsciousness? Where does it go? So I think that people really get, uh, people really open their mind and their hearts when they are exposed mm. to, to streams. And that's actually, by the way, how new paradigms are built. When you bring to the center the margins, when you when things that are normally marginalized, it's like, well, it's an outlier. We know about outliers. You have one in 10 or one in 1,000, one in 10 million. But what, what about when you focus on the outliers and the margins and you bring them to the center and you try to make sense of what's going on? Actually, you change the paradigm. And, and that's part of what we are trying to do as well. So uh, really uh, new perspectives and new paradigms. And that's uh, and then from there, it's the, the ripple effect afterwards. Uh, imagine that everybody that's you know, coming to these events, uh, whether it's in person or virtual, and then it's the, the ripple effect afterwards after that uh, exchange of knowledge and presence and, and being. Absolutely amazing. Uh, where else can people find you? Uh, where can they find your book? Uh, if you could share details around that. Sure. Uh, the book uh, is built as a lab. So it's an open lab, uh, welcoming ideas about what, actually the question we ask is, what is your exponential? How are you exponentially getting ready to change the world for good or basically transform or basically bring something positive to the world? So it's the exponentials of happiness. is as acronym as T, as in Thomas E., O-H-Lab, T-O-Lab.com. So that's, that's the book. And of course, on our first uh, webpage, happinessfest.world. Um, those are the main sites. Oh, but you can go to my personal website, which is Gallardo, G-A-L-L-A-R-D-O.world. Thank you tremendously. Uh, do you have any parting words for the audience of, of this? Well, I think I basically is just a... Um, is bringing a bit of uh, positivity, of energy, of hope to everybody. Mm. Uh, we are uh, right now going through a lot of uncertainty in many ways, um, but that's, that's what it is. So what I would say is that for every dystopia, there is an utopia. And for every, for every gene, there is a gen. So um, I would say that there are no limits to imagination. And I will invite everybody to be as imaginative as they can. Louis, thank you for your books, your remarkable happiness initiatives, your speaking engagements, and all the happiness oxygen you bring to the world. 
And a tremendous thank you to all the listeners. As always, this has been your host, John Tuckums. You have made it to the end of the podcast. It's your host, John Tuckums. I want to take this moment to sincerely thank you. I'm incredibly grateful for the time you're taking to invest in your life. And if you gain something valuable from this episode and want to give me value somehow, I would tremendously appreciate if you went to Apple Podcasts, iTunes. If you have an Apple product where you listen to this podcast and leave this show a review, you are free to send me a message or email. Contact information is in the description below. Thank you again for listening and thank you for your contributions in helping billions of people to find their happiness oxygen.